Don't worry. You're in the right spot. <laughs> it's still our podcast. Welcome back to the Gentlemen Dojo. Dojo. Oh, my oh, God. Wow, 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 Gary wow. Cannon to my left. Hello. Great to be here. Um, wow. This is a band. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to start singing. Here we go. Now we're talking. You now are, we're cooking with gas. You do the Pilates to this, right? I do. I lost my virginity to this song, which brings back so many memories from six months ago. This is the greatest. Here we go. Crank it up. <laughs> no coffee needed. I think everybody's awake. When these guys open for Barry Manilow, it is something. So this is Resist and Exist. More on the resist. It's existing. <laughs> I'm in. Dude, if I was 16 and I was riding my skateboard, Anarchy, yeah. This is going to get you laid. Yeah. Like, what kind of music is this? Uh, what's the backstory of this song, Steven? We didn't just well, choose this randomly. No, we have a, a very special guest here. Correct today in on studio, the dojo in studio, in studio, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, you know her. Well, everybody knows her from uh, the Pitch, per- Pitch Perfect movies. That's that's how you say it, right? Pitch <laughs> per- Pitch, I'm sorry. I'm I'm still hey, listening. I'm angry. Yes! She's got to tell the story about the, the song leading into it. Well, of course. Haname Lee, everybody. Yeah, there How it is. about it? Hi, Thank guys. you so much for joining Somebody us today. Somebody of this caliber would call into the show. <laughs> She's coming in. This oh, is great. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Coming in. Thank you. Yeah. And by the name Haname Lee, you can surmise she's the Asian one I'm from the, the Asian film. One. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You Thank you so, so much for coming in today. Of course. And we asked, we said, hey, what kind of music do you like whenever we have a guest in studio? Of course. We like to play some tunes as we come into it. And you suggested this because? It's my brother's band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's amazing. He's had this band for almost 30 years. Wow. Whoa, that's, really? Yeah. That's crazy, right? When did they start? They, I, I assume What's in high 30 school, right? minus now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Well, he's- 78? He's no. 88, 88, I think in the 80s, in the 80s, because he's he's much older than I am, but looks younger than me. Um, but he's been like an anarchist, vegan, like punk rocker, you know, oh, wow. for I think since he was like 15 or 16. Yeah. He knew he was a vegan back at 15. I think he he was vegan like when he was like 18 or 20. Oh wow! Yeah. Usually and people get a little older, sure, and make that sure, transition, sure. right? No, no, he was young, very sensitive, and very like kind of. Uh, uh, you know, what do you call that word when you're very just like horny? Horny. <laughs> He's very horny. Sorry for horny. animal rights. Absolutely. <laughs> so he he was on board though, because I know a lot of uh, obviously living in Los Angeles here, yeah. we have so many friends that choose to not eat meat or chicken or poultry because they're animals. But he right. knew at a young age, or people do it for dietary sure. reasons or whatever. But he did it strictly just to be respectful of the animals. Wow, that's crazy. He has an animal 15, protest huh? song. Like, yeah, he's he's like pretty extreme. But then he like respects me and like my because I I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian or I eat like everything. Right. Well, not like everything, but like you know, I read meat. You're pretty healthy. And, I'm but pretty healthy. Still, yeah. But um, like I I've tried to do like the vegan thing, but then my nutritionist at the time like said that my nervous system's all messed up from not eating red meat and I don't have the like. I don't have the what's it called like horny. The, I can't be horny <laughs> to be vegan or vegetarian because my body doesn't respond well. So she said, even if it's a little, you have to have red meat in your diet in order to like balance you, so you're not oh, okay. all like. 
Well, but if you if you don't have the red meat, then this is the music that's, you play. That's exactly. me, like, not just in front of the mic, because he's actually, like, really chill, like, one-on-one or just yeah. when you hang with him. Um, but that would be me pretty much 24-7. You were saying that backstage before he goes on to a show, he's very mellow and quiet. Oh, and then, he's so mellow and quiet, yeah. and he's, like, the most coolest guy and, like, the most unstressed out, just, like, cool, like, almost like an alien. You're like, are you from Earth? <laughs> yeah. Because he's just, like, so chill. He eats a lot. He's super, like, heady, slim, and thin and, like, just super cool. Yeah. I don't know. He's rad. Well, I want to ask you, because you grew up uh, here, you are born, raised in Southern California. Yeah. Um, and Korean. Mm-hmm. And is it just you and your brother? Uh, yeah, well, my brother, I didn't really grow up with him because he was, like, 16. He is 16 years older than me. So by the time, like, I was born, he was already, like, doing his own thing. Got it. So we didn't really become, like, close till like, I don't know, like, 10 years ago. That's oh, okay. crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I grew up as, like, an only child. And it was me, my mom, my dad, and my grandma. And then, like, our cousins, like, lived pretty close. Right. But, um... It was just us. That's, That's a big age difference between the huge, two. Huge, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, so because of the, I find it fascinating that you, you obviously went into the arts and you're, you're an actress and et cetera, et cetera. We'll get into some other stuff, but, but your brother, is he full-time in the band or is he Mm-mm. doing something else and the band? No, he, he does other things too. Um, he performs. He performs everywhere. I think. Fuck it. Just get your everywhere. brother in here. He's more interesting. He <laughs> is way more interesting yeah. than me. He's so fascinating. Like he's he's very interesting. Um, yeah, but I wonder how here. how is it your your how does your family feel like especially your parents um, that you pursued the career path you did and your brother playing tunes like this that yeah. are not <laughs> you know. right right they're not like the very like Korean way to yeah. go. We they don't really talk about it that much. I think like for me, they kind of like put all the pressure on me because mm-hmm. I think he's like independent doing his thing. Um, it was hard growing up. I don't know what it was like for you because you're Korean too. Yeah. But I don't know if like the Korean was pushed or like the Irish was more <laughs> like, hey, just let him do what he wants and have like a good time explore. And yeah. because like, oh, he's great looking and he has green eyes. He'll fit, he'll fit and do anything. <laughs> say that like, again, but say it to Gary. But Gary, let Gary hear but, that. But yeah. I will say <laughs> his parents aren't as upset because he didn't get in the show business. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but what was it? Oh, oh, high five. No, 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 we just did. Fuck you. We just did. <laughs> but what was it like for you? Um, what was it like? So your your folks were pretty supportive, though, huh? Well, they're supportive now. Um, right. My mom, I think, was always trying to be on the more supportive side, but I think the Koreanness just kept nudging her like she needs to get full time job. Like the acting thing is not going to work out. And my dad hated it. He, right absolutely thought it was a waste of time and like just just kind of like a dream thing that like I needed to get out of my head that it will right. never happen so he's my dad's really uh strict and old-fashioned okay. he's older too he's he's in his 80s and he's oh wow yeah and he was like the police captain in Korea like he's like oh, wow. wa- like waterboarding people probably <laughs> wow back then it, when it was legal Let's get her dad in yeah <laughs> So, so you pursue it though. Uh, uh, was there what made you decide to pursue that? What, what was when was that? Because I think you started modeling when you were pretty young, right? I, well, like I started when I was sixteen, and then but it was just like little stuff because I was like 
just finishing high school and like my parents were like you need to like focus on getting a real job so what is it going to be so I said okay fine I'll do fashion design because my mom um back then in Seoul she had like her own like boutique clothing or clothing store where Mm -hmm. she like sold like one of a kind like Prada's Bulgari's and it did really well so her whole side of the family was in the business so she's like yeah you're good like do it and they were like okay with that and my dad wanted me to be in like the CIA or like the FBI (laughs) and he's like you'll be it'll be great this is great you'll be in fashion you get to work where there's all these like conspiracy theories and you get to do both I was like both what dad (laughs) like you know you need a degree in like to become a CIA I'm not just like a CIA just because of a hobby. But, <laughs> but your dad's but, like legit cracking skulls and he's like the real deal, right? My dad is like super, super uh, traditional and like when you meet him, he seems like total chill and like mm-hmm. very nice, which which he is. But at home, it was just like very kind of strict, like... You got to do your homework. You got to work hard. You got to keep working even harder because while you're sleeping, you know, like these kids, they're working hard and they're getting up top and you're here sleeping or you're playing with their toys. I was like, dude, I'm five. But like <laughs> he just give me these like lectures and like discipline. And right. it was it was kind of crazy. But he never like treated me like I was a girl. So like go like do girly things or, you know, he, he always kind of treated me like just a person or like. A son, almost. Do you, do you, you know? think right. before he had to go, like, hit a hard case that he had to get pumped up for, he would listen to your brother's music? <laughs> he would just, he, he's like, I got to figure out how to get this into my head. He's like, behind closed doors, he's just jamming, headbanging that song. Be the best. Now, when did, yeah, when awesome. did they make the pivot to maybe supporting the career more? My mom, like, she, I think it was when I did Mike and Molly, and she realized, like, that I was talented and she realized oh maybe there is room for you and around then is when she got really supportive like but she was always kind of like whatever made me happy and made money she was more on the on the lines of pushing me because she's a little bit more americanized than my dad as long as it makes money exactly i mean like that's the asian philosophy as long as it makes good money and you're not hurting people (laughs) but it's good but i mean that's a big i mean not to gloss over but how do you get mike and molly i mean that's a great gig it's a huge hit show on cbs i mean how do you get a gig on that show it was so easy really no, no, it was, I, was just, I just called them i was like this is all right for i'm this on part. the lot <laughs> i just started acting um can i just come on yeah um no it was crazy it was like my first tv gig and um like i didn't know how any of any any of that work because before that i just did like commercials and print so like mm-hmm. obviously i know like to set things back where they were before another take. But um, Mike and Molly, it's like I had to play this like really uptight Korean um, like girl, right. yeah. <laughs> girl who marries this older guy for money who, who was like the, the owner of the cafeteria that they're always at. So like I would practice in this Korean accent because they wanted me to have an accent. And it was like between me and five other girls and me being like, so naive like i see like all these like famous girls and guys in the yeah. in the audition in the callback and i'm like what are you guys doing here like you guys should be getting offered and like getting so much <laughs> like money what are you doing doing yeah. these like little parts and they're like like kind of quiet and one older guy's like that's not how it works i was like oh <laughs> but then it was me and keone young and he's like a really funny actor and he he like does all act, like asian actions he just nails them so it was me and him and we kind of just like it was between me and him or this other couple which were like kind of younger 
Um, and then they chose us, and it was, it was like surreal. I, I loved it. I that was when Melissa uh, had it was like she was starting to promote Bridesmaid, and she hadn't oh. grown up yet because it was April, and I think Bridesmaid came out in like June, right? Mm-hmm. But she was so nice, and like uh, Chuck Lorre was there, and he was great. I mean, it, it was like really fun and doing it like in front of a live audience and right. having like you know like I didn't know how that was gonna work either, like. What like what do they just wait and just applaud? Like I didn't know they had had your your like I was like what what's the guy doing up there? Like yeah. it's amazing. It's like totally pumping everyone up, including yeah. me. And it was it was really great. And then that's kind of how I started just loving comedy because it was really hard for me mm-hmm. to get comedic roles when I first started because there weren't that many roles for quote unquote Asian people. Right. So like my manager at the time, I was like, I want to do comedy. Like I grew up watching comedy and I want to do funny things. And he's like, awesome, awesome. So take these new headshots, just do a little samurai ninja shit. Just like, so we have it. I was like, why do we need to have it? I don't know any samurai ninja skills. I yell about in Taekwondo and (laughs) self-defense. Yeah. But like, he's like, well, that's what's out there. So like, it was so hard for me to get into like any comedy doors. It was kind of a luck of a draw thing, I think. Telling a black person to hold a basketball in their right. headshot, yes. you know, it's like yes. it's that kind of like insulting. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. I, I heard that the reason you got the Mike and Molly game was go. that all. No, I'm serious. <laughs> all the other people auditioning, the girls found out who your dad was, and they quickly <laughs> just bowed out. They're like, "Fuck it, we want to be around for this it, yeah. weekend. <laughs> Let her have it." Well, well, I don't know if this is a stereotype, but it was like one of the girls. She was like, "Well, if, you know, I wanted to start acting again," and she was like one of the famous, more famous ones, and she said, "If this doesn't work, I can just go back to my other." job and I said what's your other job and she, and she said um what, what do you call those head surgery doctors or samurai t- instructors yes, <laughs> yes. that yeah. 40 samurai <laughs> instructors <laughs> uh like she does operations in brains neurologist like, um but like a surgeon who does do neurologist do it's she said some fancy like freaking doctor lingo yeah. but she was like, moonlighting as an actress exactly. and go, stepping away wow that's crazy that was crazy everybody's a Ken Jeong I guess yeah I was gonna say maybe that was <laughs> exactly. Ken exactly yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's pretty wild that your first acting gig is multicam because I was. It's pretty difficult to understand the nuances and react off the crowd and everything. So, I mean, what were your what were your feelings? I mean, that first take, you're out there. You're you're literally being thrown in the deep end in your first act, like legit acting role, right? Yeah, it was weird because um, it's. I feel like multicam is just like a whole nother universe where like. We practice for a couple days and like you'll have the producers and laughers there with you yeah. where they're just like laughing at every joke and you're like, wait, what? But <laughs> but then but then multi Could have used them on our show. <laughs> <laughs> you had a show? Talking about Um It was kind of a trip though, because uh the director at the time, like he wasn't giving me any notes, so like I was like, "Hey, did you want me to change anything?" He's like, "Why would you change something? Don't change anything." I was like, "Okay, yes, sir." Yeah, he's like a big director, like like director friends for many years, and, and you don't want to oh, be James the person. Burroughs. Yep, exactly. Oh wow, wow, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. first gig, James was, Burroughs, yep. is oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> and you don't, and, and he's a guy that moves very fast oh, on those so shows. Fast. And you don't want to be the person screwing it up and holding up the whole goddamn show. But so that's exactly kind of, I think, how he felt. And he was just yeah. like, what, don't, don't. Like, I was like, oh, yes, sir. Yes, yeah. I won't do anything different. <laughs> but you, So you do that, and then let's just fast forward to Pitch Perfect. Because, I mean, you had done that. You had done another show or two, Workaholics, right? Somebody's been to Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, then, Steve. <laughs> IMDb. <laughs> and you. then, um, and then, what is the audition process like for that? For Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that was that was insane. Um, well, what was great is like my right after Mike and Molly, I had gotten the Pitch Perfect audition, but originally I auditioned for. Uh, Alexis's naps role, the like Stacy, the voluptuous, sexy like girl. Yeah. And then they called me back for the quiet like girl that's like weird. But then when I got the script, mm-hmm. I was like, th- she seems really like outspoken and like whatever. So I go yeah. in the audition, and then we're ready to like do the scene, and then um, Carrie starts reading the lines, and I'm like. This this isn't what what it, like I don't have that scene. Yeah. And then Rich comes over and looks and he's like, oh, she has the wrong script. I was like, I have the wrong script because they were literally the uh, same names of the characters. Yeah. And so they give me the script and now it makes sense. Like like the the sides, all of Lily's lines are all tiny. Yeah. And like Rich is like, just whatever you do, like make sure you stuff talk softly, you know, and like yeah. take as much time as you need in the callback room. Um. <laughs> so I go in there and then. Like, like I channel just like how would I make this character funny without like being unlikable and like because she's saying some crazy things yeah (laughs) and then um so I go in there and I I do like a cold read on it and Jason thinks it's really funny and he goes that's great we're ready for your monologue and I went my my what oh god I was like what monologue he's like just a monologue about this character and I was like okay um, I'm gonna use Rich and we just broke up or something. So then I just like, m- like, I don't even remember how it went down. Like it was just like, bring up with me like all like soft and like my eyes are all really big. And then he's like, that was great. That was great. You're ready for your song now. And I went, what my the- song? <laughs> you don't. Oh, you don't have anything prepared here. Well, like the first audition, we had to sing for a little like prep, and then yep. um, so. I sang like everything I do, I do for you by Brian Adams. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I went there. I went way back, and then, uh, but I didn't think I would have to sing for some reason. So I hadn't like practiced, and I was like, okay, this is what I'll do. Like at that time, I was like doing a lot of Korean folklore music, with, <laughs> which is called like pansori, which is like right. very dramatic. And I was like, since I haven't prepped that Brian Adams song because it's in like many different low octaves let me just do this pansori so they can at least know what I sound like right right so I sing it and they're like whoa that was so cool can we get a sample yeah I was gonna say I can't remember how it went (laughs) (laughs) what if you jumped into your brother's song and just freaked the fuck out that would be amazing (laughs) that would be so cool can we get a little sampling of Brian Adams Oh my God! Hell no! Come on! No, 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 no! The pansori I haven't done in so long. Steve, so, grab the cake back. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brian Adams. No, no more, bun cake. No more That's bun how cake. We do no it. more flowers. That's how we do it. Um, yep. dude, I I can't sing the everything. I I, I will. Well, you know what? What? Fuck happened, it. Just give us a monologue. <laughs> Your dad would do it if he were here. You know what, though, guys? Like my 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 everything I do I do for you because at that point I was just like so nervous because I'm like oh my god I'm gonna suck and um, how many people are in the room by the way it was it was Max Handelman um, Jason Moore the director and then Rich and um, Adam and Carrie the, the casting directors there so there are three casting yeah. and like two other people a uh, producer and director so it wasn't like the most like I've been in rooms where there's like far more people and you're just mm-hmm. like ooh like, I don't know what it's like for you when you like go in producer sessions, but I hate it. I feel Horrible. like 
it's horrible. I feel like I'm taking a test and I fucking hate tests. Yeah. And I feel like I'm being like judged. And if I don't do a good job, my there's my dad ready to just yeah. beat me. <laughs> and that's you why know? that's why I don't audition. It yeah. just, it's not worth it. You just get off. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why. Shouldn't do stand <laughs> um, So so you you go through the rigors of kind of like oh my god they, they're they're kind of like telling you to do these things yeah. and you're obviously nerve wracked. How are you feeling when you walk out of that room? Oh, awful. Because when I sang the Brian Adams song, yeah. It like, <laughs> I remember because at that time, because Pansori, it's like, <laughs> it's like so up and down. Yeah. So like, unless you do warm ups, your voice is now a little bit, you know, horsey. Mm-hmm. So when I sang Brian Adams, I was just, woof, it was bad. Where the casting director, Rich, was sitting there and he's going like this. Because it's so oh, really? off key, and yeah. it's you know it's kind of difficult to listen. Like I don't blame him; it, it was pretty bad. So I was like, "Look, can we? Do, look, can I do that again?" And then I faced the wall, thinking it'd calm me down. And then I sang it again, and obviously it didn't. It wasn't working. So I, I was like trying to be funny. Let and, me try this wall. Let me try this wall. <laughs> Maybe this one will work. Yeah. This one by the parking lot. And I was like trying to play it off and trying to be cool. And like I, I was going to like I used to do really good deep drag queen voices, which I can't do anymore after they took out my wisdom teeth. But I was I was just going to say, oh, I just want to be liked. But like in a funny way. So right. I can like, you know, dust off this fucking cloud of like uncomfortableness in the room. <laughs> but instead of going, I just want to be liked. I was like, I just wanted to be liked. And I was like, oh, my God. And then they're like, oh, we like you. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, awful. I'm just going to leave. Like, I'm, yeah. this is so uncomfortable. So I left and, like, I went to my, like, best friend's house. And I was like, I should have just sang Lady Gaga or something. Like, this, it was just awful. It just was, didn't go good. And then um, the next day they said that I'm on hold for it. And then I was wow. like, okay, well, let me send you some music <laughs> that yeah. I put on tape because I sucked. And I know this is, like, a music thing. And then my agents were like, eh, I don't think we're going to need it. And then yeah. like, then I got the part and that was pretty, it was pretty fun. Where were you when you got the part? I think I was driving down like Crescent Heights or something. Yeah. And then he was telling me and I was all shaking. I was like, no way, got it. Yeah. They're like, you got it. And it was like pretty, pretty fun. It was like my first movie. And then, um. I don't know. I was like really excited about it. It would be funny. She's driving out Crescent Heights and the phone reception so bad. They're like, hey, we're calling from Pitch Perfect. She's like, yeah. And then the phone starts cutting out. You're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get a signal until you get down to sunset. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you when you show up, it, it's the, the thing about these films, I think why they, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I could be wrong, but I think why they resonate. It, it looked like you all genuinely were having a blast and there's a real camaraderie there. And it, I, I think that's what was on screen. Is that the case, obviously? It, it just seemed like everybody was just absolutely having a great time. How could you not doing these tunes and everything with the cast? Right. Well, the first movie, I think, like, everybody was so different. You know, mm-hmm. I had known Adam Devine only because I'd just done a show a week prior to shooting. And, right. like, we did Workaholics, and we're like, we're going to be in Pitch Perfect. And, like, Katie Sackhoff was in that episode, and she's like, I'm going to be in it, too. Like, yeah. so it was just, like, so I just, I only knew him. And it was just, like, um, I don't know. It kind of felt like that high school or college movie you always wanted to do when, like, you were younger or wanted yeah. to be in. I don't know about you. I always did. I, I always wanted to be in one. Yeah. So it just felt fun and it felt like i don't know but it also felt like because the budget wasn't huge that if you fucked up like it like the multicam really helped because 
a lot of times we didn't have money to do like two, three, four takes or like fun oh, rides wow, yeah. because like all the money went to the music or it, we didn't have, it wasn't a huge budget movie for the first one. We didn't even know how many theaters it was, was going to be in at right. that point. So I don't know. I think everybody kind of felt like maybe the fun should always be there, but the fun was like definitely after we shot like the guys, they'd, we'd always go to the cove. We shot in a, uh, uh baton rouge in louisiana yeah. and like we always went out to like new orleans together had dinners it was fun it oh, was that's right so that was fun everyone was so young they were like nine like i think the youngest was ben platt and i think he was like 17 and like some people that were cast were like just graduated lsu and i don't know it was like you're 19 you're in another state it's I, a big yeah. role for you any romantic crushes on the uh, film set you know, at that time, I had just broken up with, like, the love of my life. So yeah. every night, it was misery for he me. He fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he fucked up. But all the other people were hooking up. Like, they were. Hooking up. Really? It's like the real wow. world. Oh, no. Like, the world, world, like, end of the world, real world. Like, everyone was hooking up all the time. We were there for three months. So, like. Oh, wow. Yeah. There was a lot of hookups. Really? Oh, yeah. Now, when you <laughs> when you finish. Wait, wait, wait. More of this. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Steve's like, we're not getting into lawsuits. Let's move on. <laughs> when you finished, or even when you're filming it, did did any of you ever think that it would be as big as it became? I don't know if the other people thought. I think we're just like, well, maybe we'll see it. See yeah. you, see you later. Because it, it was like, literally, we didn't have enough. I mean, luckily, we had the DP from like all the Home Alone movies. I mean, he's fantastic. Yeah. But like, we didn't have enough lights. I think we had enough for just this one softbox and yeah. just a lot of atmosphere. And like, our faces were breaking out because it was just fog or like sm- like fog everywhere. Just atmosphere, you know? Yeah. We didn't have money for lights and everything. So, I mean, I had no idea. I don't know if the other casts felt the same way because we just didn't even know how many theaters it'd come out in either. Right. So, um, I don't know. The The reactions have been really interesting because on one, it's like a curse and a blessing because mm-hmm. on one hand, it's like everybody loves Pitch Perfect. But on the other hand, like, I can't get a lot of jobs because they only see me as this, like, weirder, weirdo, quiet girl. Right. But it's weird because I'm like, you know I'm an actor. Right. I'm not, like, a reality television not, star. Yeah. Like, so that's been kind of, like, the love and hate relationship of Because you keep getting offered those same type of roles. Well, no. If, yeah. if I, like, at first I was like, dude, I just do weirdo roles, like, all the time. I don't care. Like, yeah. I love it. But then, like, the weirdo worlds, like, the producers would be, like, feel like they would feel, like, they would offend me if they asked me to be too weird. Right. So they'll be like, oh, she wasn't odd enough. And I'm like, just tell me. Producers are so weird. Like, they, it feels like they're not really in the business sometimes of what actors do. And I feel like they just need to, like, see it as whatever it is, is in their mind or else they don't, like believe that you're that person right and it's like i don't know it's been it's been kind of like they probably didn't take her seriously she didn't get an std on the set (laughs) (laughs) look at that she was clean the whole time this is bullshit well what's it like taking your family to a to the movie theater when it comes out i mean they gotta be over the moon it was cool my mom was like super super thrilled and um like 
I think nobody kind of knew how big it would be. And I honestly wasn't sure if my character would just suck because it's so weird. Yeah. And like either people are going to love it or hate it. And like I had no idea if like it was going to do well or not. Mm -hmm. Like I just knew my face was going to be like this huge <laughs> on screen. Um, but she she loved it. She was so proud. And and um, my dad was starting to get proud talking about it to his coworkers. Yeah. And, it was nice. It kind of felt like finally I had that like uh, reassurance from the family. I, I really wish I, I didn't care about that. Like I really wish I was independent and not care if my parents like were supportive or my friends were supportive or not. But it kind of does affect me. Yeah. So it was nice to finally like have that. And yeah. It and felt, when, felt when the second one gets picked up, when they decide to make the second one, is everybody somewhat more excited now because the money changes, it's a game changer. You guys are in a little bit more control than you were for the first one? Um, I I don't know. I think we were a little bit excited too because the you're right, the budget went up um, a significant amount. So like we had so many lights, we had CoverGirl sponsoring us, we had Nike, Adidas, like we had so many people visit set, whereas the first one, like nobody came, like <laughs> barely some of the producers even showed up, you know, yeah. like. From from your stories, it's telling people did, people did came. Come. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, Gary. No, I'm talking about, I was trying to spit. Call back. Oh, no. Call back. <laughs> even though she didn't sing the Brian Adams song, my favorite uh, thing she said was when she said horsey. That was my favorite line. Horsey? Yeah, when you my said my voice. Horsey. My voice gets horsey. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but you guys go into my this, and it, it's so it's a little it's a little bit better because now you have a little more negotiating power. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. We we had a lot more negotiating power, and it's weird because uh, we're like, are they going to do a second? Are they not going to do a second? Like nobody really knew mm -hmm. until like a few months before shooting or most of us didn't know maybe the others did and they just didn't tell all of us who knows um but it was it was like really rigorous the second one because um the first one it was okay to like not be great dancers because you know that was the whole point yeah and it was like hard to dance in those like little stewardish high heels mm -hmm. and the second one the dance like the stakes were a lot higher so it's like you felt more pressure to do better because now everyone loves this movie so you want to like do better for the second one right so it felt like pressure but it was great because like everybody already knew their characters everybody always already knew each other at that time we we're all like already hanging out with each other so it was like a comfortability Mm -hmm. definitely when the second one came out and it was fun it was fun to have all the lights it was fun to have like 5,000 <laughs> background like extras come like and just spend their whole like 13 hours in the cold just watching us and being enthusiastic wow. for every scene that was like super cool yeah it was like of really the three obviously I think the first one holds a special place for you but if you were to look back and just be kind of bipartisan what was your favorite one of the three to do uh, I, I would say the first one just because um, it, it's it's like that new feeling, you know, like I, I had an awful first kiss, but I'm sure a lot of people love their first kiss. So it, I would compare it to not that because my first kiss sucked, but like something that like you experience for the first time and you love it, like and, and then it never kind of quite gets you there again, you know, like kind of like that. Gary's first was with an uncle, I believe, right? With an uncle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said he was a casting director. Oh, <laughs> um, so, so much for that Gilligan's Island reunion. Oh, 
you have uh, your own fashion line too is that correct i do but it's been like on hold it's kind of like vintage now i guess yeah <laughs> it was just a little bit hard um to kind of expand it because everything was one of a kind right right um so you were making it i was making it wow okay making all the patterns doing all the fits um so it was a little hard so i kind of stopped that until i can find an investor and then like that just kind of i just it just kind of slowly just kept getting more on hold Mm -hmm. um because acting and like i want to i was working on writing and doing stand-up and all that too so it was just kind of a little bit not in the way, but I just wanted to do other things first. Now, tell us about your experience with stand-up. Yes. Um, how was it How was it you got involved, and then what was your first time like? Um, so with stand-up, like, everyone was saying, you should just stand-up, especially if no one sees you as a comic. Like, yeah. that's how you're going to create your own voice. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right. And um, at that time, I was friends with, uh, or I, I knew Jimmy Schubert, and, I love Schubert. And Schubert, it's like really funny. He's been like doing it forever. Yeah. And he's so calm too. He's so it's calm. Nice. Yeah. He's super, yeah. super <laughs> chill. Never yeah. raises his voice. Yeah. I mean, just like come as a cuke on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he like, he, he was like really cool. I was like, will you mentor me? And he was like super great. And he yeah. like taught me like a lot of the sets that I was doing and he's just like embrace what you really want to talk about and you know he was just where's the joke in that like he he was very helpful yeah so I think my first set where was my first set uh I might have that's I think it was at somewhere here in Burbank it was flappers no, no, no. It wasn't flappers. It was like that's, at this diner. <laughs> it was at it was at this diner where they were doing comedy and he's like this would be great for you to just try try it out what we've been doing. Don't get nervous. Don't just just try it. So, he was headlining that night and then I it did was flappers. A... <laughs> <laughs> we know it was a D room. <laughs> no kidding. We love Jimmy. Um, and the, I felt great like like the response. I was like, "Wow, people like respond to everything you say and mm-hmm. and it's pretty great and um it kind of felt like even though there were so many people i felt like it was just me and not in a bad way but in in a good way so after that then i performed at like three clubs and then comedy store a few times yeah. and then at that time with the comedy store i had uh teamed up with my friend who we went to acting school with and we would do like sketches like uh, like commercial bits and like all these things and we got money from it because we were like we we get paid because yeah. like we we're just so new to it and it killed like people loved it and um we did it the same we did the same set the following week and like nobody laughed because oh. like everybody was from china and like oh. nobody understood any of the jokes right it was just weird and i was like oh my god it's like the audience really does matter unless our jokes are completely globalized, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that we did that for like, I think a year or two. And then I just kind of got a little worn out with the stand up because I didn't like personally doing the same joke twice. So it got really tiring for me to like <laughs> write <a> jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that's what comics do. And like, yeah. but for me, I, I just didn't sit well with me. Like I would just it get bored of myself. Oh my gosh, oh, I've been doing the same shit for 15 years. But it works and you're like, and you get to do it like certain ways. But for, and I love watching it again, but for me doing it, it just, I just, I was like, oh, 
And then I just get kind of frustrated with myself with stand-up for some reason. So I just decided to like put it all in writing. Where are these places in LA that you mentioned pay people? I'm curious. <laughs> I've never store. seen one of those places. The oh, comedy Gary's store. Not <laughs> so you're still doing stand-up though? I haven't done it in a little while. Yeah? Yeah. Are you still working with Jimmy? I have no, because I'm not doing stand up. She finds out, Jimmy's like, why don't you come to one of my shows? She's like, I don't know, they do stand up comedy at the La Quinta. <laughs> <laughs> but is it Hello, something on the, uh, on, the, <laughs> on the horizon where you want to get back into it, or is it something where you experimented, you tried it? It's good to have that in the resume that you now you know. You know, I was thinking about that when I was listening to your podcast on the way here. Sorry which, by the way, which one did you listen to? <laughs> Adam. Kate Adam Caton Holland, who wrote the yeah. great book, Tragedy Plus Time. Yes. I, I, by the way, didn't you like the flow of that podcast? I was solo it by was myself. It was really good. Thank you. It was very okay. good. Thank you. I don't need a co-host. But me and you're and hanging on by thin ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but me and Adam are on a, are on a show, Those Who Can't, which is, have you guys watched yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, about so the funny. teachers. He's great. Yeah. yeah. It's like really good humor. That's a great book. I mean, just about him losing his sister and how close I they know, were. And yeah, I know. Just a good story. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now, what is on the horizon for you? It's a great question. I was going to ask you what my horizon was like, <laughs> since now you're producing and writing and yeah. have this podcast. Um, Can we ask you just? A, yes. We want your your absolutely honest advice. There's no hard feelings. Steve and I are kind of the same age. He's a little bit older than me. But let me just ask you Sorry? of our two. Of our two wardrobe styles, who do you think is more hip in terms of like, you know, what, what you know about fashion? <laughs> we got the Hamburglar shirt or we got the pocket polo. What do you think? What's going on here? Well, you got the classic pocket yeah. polo, uh -huh. which never goes out of style. Never. And I see you have like a pretty like, yeah. you, you, you jazzed it up with this red-faced red watch with like a, a yellow ticker, which is pretty cool. There you go. Okay. Got some glasses so you can see. So yeah. I, I really like <laughs> this fashion. Okay, great. Um, You know, I can't really nix it because it's it never go out of style. There you go. Stand Steve's, up, Hamburglar. Steve's wearing <laughs> uh, horizontal stripes, which a lot of guys are afraid to do. Yeah. So <laughs> not this guy, not with those green eyes. Uh -uh. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're not supposed to go with uh, particular features on their No, let's go ahead. Just, no. <laughs> Take your shirt off. Do, do Woodshop. You want to do that? It looks like a substitute teacher. <laughs> Woodshop. Yeah. Woodshop. You hard to believe I'm vegan, huh? Are you vegan? No. Uh, no. Can you imagine? <laughs> Christ, Christ. No. Absolutely not. So she said me. So go ahead. I'm sorry. But what is on the horizon for you? Um, I'm writing and producing a few things. Uh, one's an erotic thriller. <gasps> Hello. And one's I, I wanted to do a biopic about my life slash write a book called Jesus Killed My Family. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm already buying it because I like the title. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Now, what is the the log line of this of, of Jesus killed my family? Well, it's kind of um, at first it, it's kind of now evolving because I've already f I had already finished this like eight page treatment of what the show was going to be called, mm -hmm. uh, which was going to be called Man in a Red Beret, where I'm kind of fighting for a spot in entertainment through like being a, a D-list actor pretty much. And uh, this was written in 2013. And it kind of goes through my life uh, of how I got to where I was, which mm -hmm. was not even that that high of a level. And it was going to be like a lot of dry, uh, dry and dark comedy. But then I, 
like I reread it and I mean it was 2013 when I finished it and mm. I just felt like it could go a lot darker and deeper because now so much has changed since 2013 to now right and so many different experiences whereas before it was like trips to the earth cafe or like the secret in the universe but now it's like you know like jobs that I didn't get because I didn't go out with the director or like you know a recurring role that was only a guest star because I didn't you know do these things, you know? Right, right. So it's just like more interesting, more fun. I think more kind of, I have like a, I don't know, more of like a difference. So, and then the Jesus Kills My Family, it's kind of more of a dark comedy of like how I grew up and what I was faced with. And, right. Um, I don't know. I, and how Jesus has always been in the way of having <laughs> a great relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I, uh, Th- those are kind of what's been going on. Oh, that's great. Single, <laughs> single still. What's happened? No, I really not. Yeah. Nice. Tell. Yeah. Do tell. Do tell. Um, he's amazing. He's he's an artist, director, writer, creator, hero. Just he always makes my life happy. Hero. He's a hero. I've, I've Michelle's never, never described. Never. Yourself. She's never described. She said, this. "You want a hero? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get you another hero? <laughs> <laughs> you want the twelve inch? You want the eight inch?" <laughs> She never asked about what the. Small I'm a Jersey Mike. So <laughs> How long have you guys been going out for? That's amazing. Oh, um, a while, but let's see. Together, maybe like seven years. Oh wow! Maybe, yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah. This, this nice. is a long haul, then, huh? Yeah. Long How about long. that ex-boyfriend? Fuck that dude, right? Fuck yeah. That guy, man. No way. Fuck he had him. no idea, and then he probably went on a date. Mm-hmm. Went to the movie, Pitch Perfect. <laughs> didn't had know. To do the, had, didn't know, and then boom. Yep. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be crazy. That guy's here right now. It's pretty but since you were you were mentioning some stuff as, as we go towards the finish line here, like the industry has changed, though, wouldn't you yeah, say? Okay. Especially the last two years. I wanted to talk to you about this yeah. because you've been doing stand up for so long. You have your own voice. You right. you're you, but you're also an actor. So uh, uh, no, yeah. or do we not ask? <laughs> But, like, the industry has changed. Like, I don't know how I feel about it because I wanted to get into entertainment and not politics. And sometimes I feel like I'm in office and I can't say things or, you know, things are going to go to other people now, like, because of, like, things that are going on. And it just feels so kind of, like, I get really kind of sad about it because I, I, I don't know if I would want to be an actor if, today this day and age if i was younger because it just it's not entertaining for me anymore sometimes it feels very like political and like i don't know it's not fun i mean well you've said this over and over again and i know other comics have said this that when you perform now it's so many groans 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 like you can't be who you want to be now because people get so offended so easily so easily it's like Guys, it's not like we're really going out there and doing the... It's jokes. And yeah. Like, as a comic, you're probably, like, scared to shit what you're going to say. And yeah. everything's like, well, today I wore different shoes. You're like, what do you talk <laughs> yeah. about? Like, you can't speak your mind. If, and if you do, you're, you, you'll get criticized for just speaking your mind. Well, that's why Gary does it great. I mean, Gary gets up. Where are you from? How long have you been dating? Give yep. it up for the troops. How about for the single ladies? <laughs> Birthdays. I mean, nice and easy. Yeah. Anniversaries. Yeah. Where's Good the night. Nice party? I collect my 25 grand. Get out. Yeah. That's why I do theater. My polo shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think I can speak on behalf of both of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. We'd love to see you at the comedy clubs. Yeah. And anytime you want to come to the comedy store, 
let me know and I'll, I'll I'll work some magic and get you up on stage and we'll right. get you going again. Right. I'll take you up can, with that. Uh, you, no, no, no. Oh. You can bring her to the Yuhu room at Flappers on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. watch the show? 3 p.m. Yeah, to watch, yeah. <laughs> we can sit in the audience together. And then I can pay so you can like make sure you get up there. You have to have a certain number Oh, that's right. You have to bring a, a certain, you have to write your name on the back of the ticket. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't um, done that in weeks. Now, where can people keep up with you, by the way? <laughs> um, on Instagram is where I post the most things. It's at Han. Anna May Lee with one N um, or on Twitter as well. And then, yeah, I have everything on there. I'm filming a horror movie right now called Phobias. You guys, I'm finally filling the stereotype yeah. in this movie. Guess what my fear is? Just guess. Math? Meth? <laughs> Math. Math. Calculus. No, I'd be good at that. Yeah. No, get, what, are, what is our biggest stereotype as Asians? The sun. <laughs> what? You fear the sun? No. Driving. Thank you. Boom. White man knows. Yep. Yeah. Scared of driving. Yep. But it's actually scared of vehicles because like the whole movie is about like having different phobias and what caused the phobia. I think Asians hate the sun more than they hate driving. Really? I hate the sun. See? Like it, it like I love it from a distance. <laughs> it's That's why every Korean they, they have the the visors. Yeah, they because got the Michael look, Jackson gloves. They get and this stuff, like and... freckles and dark spots, which I used to love because I'm like, ooh, I'm sun kissed, right? Yeah. I was like, mom, I'm sun kissed. I'm very Californian. She's like, you look like a rice picker. Like <laughs> you better put some sunblock on, girl. But and it's the like... redneck mentality, right? You can't be like a redneck. You can't because you have the stereotype of like working in the fields and being right. Oh, like right. a peasant. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I got to tell you, I'm so glad not only to meet you, but the fact that you came in, you could have phoned it in like most people do. She's like, I want to come in. Yeah. Would have never gotten the bunt cake if she had called and in. And flowers, guys. They Look gave me a bouquet of beautiful flowers. Yeah, well, roses. we thank you for coming in. I mean, and bunt cake. No, this was really fun. You guys are really funny. I, I really, really enjoy. I really enjoy your podcast. I enjoy you guys. And oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Why I appreciate it. Why are you laughing? But you like gotta, I got to see you back up on Oh, I got to back doing stand-up again, okay? You know what my stand-up used to be like? What? I got a dick, bitch. Like, that's, really? <laughs> it was just like... So, I don't know. So you write for Ken Jeong. What's <laughs> <laughs> What's Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I got to mention this. DLX Mattress. D is in dog. Lori is in... L is in Lori. And M is yeah. in Mattress. D- DLXMattress.com. They, they hooked me up with a mattress, and, uh, you know, there, there's times where I get bad back or whatever, and I, I posted something, and these guys sent me a mattress. Did they really? Sweet. It was unbelievable, and I, I, I have a great night's sleep. It's awesome. So they said, if you wanted to, I mentioned a promo code, okay? So you go to oh. dlxmattress.com, you type in burn 300 it's 300 bucks off a really? mattress. Nice. And their mattresses tap out, or I think around like seven or eight, so it's... Uh, I'm telling you, if you're looking for a mattress, burn 300, type it in, B-Y-R-N-E 300. I will tell you this. People think that you need to spend thousands of dollars on a mattress. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars. And I will tell you this. I do know this about your last mattress because I talked to your wife. She said the springs were brand new. And you're going to be on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That's a show me. The springs were in perfect act. Hello. <laughs> Shut up. Let's suggest. Why are you yelling at me for what she told me? Okay. Those were good springs. So what was go to DLX Mattress. Correct. Burn, B Y R N E 300, 300 bucks off. Um, yeah. And it's good for the month of September. So oh, wow, okay. Awesome. Get it in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. it. Okay. Get a I new mattress. It. Get rid of those bed bugs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to find a, a nice closing song. And I just, I the, the new Paul McCartney album. Have you guys listened to this? No. no. It's I didn't great. know he had a new one out. It's great. 
So I'm going to play you this tune uh, as we say goodbye. But uh, Gary, where can they keep in touch with you? Well, you're going off to the uh, Middle East uh, this weekend. To Doing Jordan. a USO tour. Yes. Oh, that's cool. You're familiar with the USO, yeah, obviously, with Pitch yeah, Perfect. So, yeah. That's super and cool. And you and I will be hooking up uh, the following week to work at Levity Live in Oxnard here in Los Angeles. So that'll Oxnard. be fun. Oxnard. Yeah. Is this going to work? Yeah. Oh, here we go. I got to turn. There it, it is. That's cool. Um, so, so yeah, plenty of dates coming up uh, on the calendar. I think we'll be working together. Yeah, next week. Here and there. Yeah. Well, Oxnard. I Pittsburgh, got um, New Year's San Eve. Jose, Levity Live in West Nyack. Uh, I'll be in Atlantic City at the Hard Rock, Addison Improv, Funny Bone Syracuse. Uh, I'll Hana, be back in Pittsburgh. I call his tour. Lots of dates. Lots of tickets available. Yeah. Okay. There it is. All right, so Anna May Lee, thank you Hannah for coming May Lee, thank in. you so much. All three pitch perfect. She's is she's filming a horror film right now. Yes. An Asian that is scared of driving. <laughs> and now you know how everybody else feels when we say Asian driving. Exactly. Um, and keep up with her at Instagram, right? At Hana One N May Lee. Yes. Um Gentlemen's Dojo, we will be back uh, next week. Sweet. Come on.